This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 110, we talk with Tom Chadwick on how companies use a wide range of ANSYS products to increase efficiency and reduce pollution. Then, take a look at news and events in the world of ANSYS. I want to welcome everybody to the first week of May 2022. My name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PADT and your host for these podcasts. For many of you, spring is in full force. Uh, Our listeners from south of the equator are starting to see the signs of fall. Here in Phoenix, it's just starting to get hot. So we're ready for it. We're used to it. Um, This is episode 110. It's another milestone, a nice round number there. We're uh, quickly approaching 35,000 downloads at 34,800 right now. That's the official count, not counting ones that get downloaded elsewhere. Um, And that is up to 319 uh, downloads per episode, which is an increase. Uh, We were stuck for a long time at 310 to 315, so we're slowly inching our way up. But with 110 episodes, it's going to take a while to get that number up. Uh, So please keep spreading the word and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. So uncertainty and problems are still plaguing the world. I don't want to dismiss them before we get started. The pandemic, war in Ukraine, inflation, a dozen other things. Um, And I also wanted to send in a special bit of sympathy for our listeners in India. We have quite a few who are seeing an unprecedented early heat wave uh, there on the subcontinent. So as always, our thoughts go out to everyone facing difficult times. We hope you find our podcast a small oasis where we can talk about how to use technology to make the world a better place. And speaking of making the world a better place, one way we can use simulation to help is to use the tools we know and love to increase efficiency and decrease emissions across products and industries. Optimizing designs, improving remediation and removal systems, experimenting with new processes and methods through virtual prototyping, all these things are things we can do with the ANSYS toolset. And uh, today we've got Tom Chadwick, one of PADT CFT engineers, and he's going to share some industry best practices and help us understand what we can do, uh, what we can get done using ANSYS tools in this very important area. I want to welcome everybody and especially Tom Chadwick, who's joining us today to discuss a, a really important topic. Um, and and it's, it's about ANSYS, but it's about how we can use ANSYS to reduce various kinds of pollution. And uh, it's, it's an interesting topic because um, it's a great uh, great application of, of simulation tools, um, and, and we'll talk about that. But it's also as we look at trying to mitigate some of the some of the stuff that we're putting into the air and the water and the ground. Um, how can we, as simulation people, help reduce that? And how can we help our employers uh, meet their goals to to do reduction and mitigation? And uh, you know, simulation is a really important tool in that. So, Tom, I want to thank you for joining us. Hello. And um, so, so, Tom, you just recently did a, a seminar on this, or you're going to do a webinar on this? I just did a webinar a couple okay. of days ago. Excellent, excellent. So we'll we'll definitely mention after the recording uh, where people can find that to get more details. And actually, um, instead of trying to visualize what Tom's talking about, actually see pictures of it. Um, and before we started recording, I, I caught up with Tom a little bit about what we're going to talk about. And and you had mentioned that there's really you can you can put this. Uh, kind of work into four categories, uh, tuning combustion, 
emissions reduction, uh, exhaust gas quality control, and then affluent water quality. Um, so I think I think the one that I'm most familiar with, because I'm a turbo machinery guy, is the first one. Um, why don't you share with us the the kind of a high level of what what Ansys has available to help people tune that combustion process of producing energy? Okay, so the tuning combustion process, mm-hmm. the the big issues are that um, anytime you burn fuels, there are things that come out of the combustion process that are harmful. There's various forms of NOx, um, there's carbon monoxide emissions, as well as soot and other, you know, combustion products that are, can be harmful. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that if you can um, <clears throat> properly control the combustion process, you can minimize some of these uh, harmful products. And part of the problem is, is that um, it's a balancing act because uh, efforts to reduce NOx emissions can elevate carbon monoxide emissions mm, okay. and vice versa. So if you you have to kind of uh, strike a balance between um, temperature and uh, duration, things like that, to uh, balance out what you get out of the combustion process. Okay. And so what tools do we use in ANSYS to help us balance that whole thing? So basically there are, um, uh, there are the Kempkin tools can be used to uh, define the species uh, mm-hmm. for the combustion process. Um, and let's see, here's the list. Um, Model Fuel Library, which is one Mm. of the products that comes out of Kempkin, has detailed chemistry for a wide range of fuels. Um, So you can accurately predict what's coming out of the combustion process. Um, You can also use the other Kempkin products, Kempkin Pro and Kempkin CFD, Mm -hmm. to do... um, You know, Kempkin Pro is for uh, 0D and 1D... Uh, combustion modeling so you can kind of um, control your fuel mixture um, mm-hmm. and the time re- time of reactions and um, do a very quick analysis and mm-hmm. you know do trade studies um, with Kempkin Pro uh, quickly to get a good idea of where you're starting from and then Kempkin CFD and the ANSYS CFD products can be used to do detailed 3D, okay. both steady state and transient combustion modeling. And are we are we talking like reducing emissions by two percent, or you know, if you do this right, you can get some big big number reduction in say NOx or I mean, you can't can't really reduce the CO2 right, but uh, um, the, on the NOx and the other nasty stuff. Yeah, let me see. What the? I mean, the big thing is that we're talking about um, removing uh, CO two emissions by fifty percent. Oh wow! Um, okay, forty percent reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. So big, big, so, big numbers. These, big this is numbers, not this yeah. is not tweaking your efficiency by a little bit. You're you're <clears throat> you're really optimizing the reaction to get rid of the molecules you're trying to. 
Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's all being driven by government regulations. They're mm-hmm. requiring that these older, um, you know, coal fired plants, mm-hmm. um, combustion tools, and mm-hmm. gas turbines mm-hmm. are all have to be upgraded to meet these new requirements. Okay. Really cool. Yeah. 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 So, so are we using fluent or CFX on the CFD side for this or both? Um, fluent is primarily the, the tool that is connected with the Chemkin, mm-hmm. uh, processes. CFX has some chemistry capability mm-hmm. in it as okay. well, but, um, their area of their focus has been to integrate Chemkin with, uh, fluent. Okay. Okay. And and this is applicable for folks working on smaller devices with the combustion. It's not necessarily the big guys. Uh, many of our listeners work for the people, you know, doing the um, the big power plants or the big uh, uh, gas turbines or the big uh, coal fire stuff. But um, this could be a small device too, right? That you can get. Yeah, I mean, any device that any device that that employs combustion. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be concerned about it because all combustion processes mm-hmm. have uh, these kind of outputs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always reminded of concrete. Um, uh, some of my, my greener friends always remind me, greener engineering friends that know what's really going on, that concrete's one of the big, the, the burners for concrete manufacturing are one of the sources of uh, greenhouse gases and other chemicals as well. So, right. Yeah. So that's another good application. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. So, so so that's the one that I think most people would have thought of when they read the title of this one. At least I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let, let's let's move on to um, the the next one, which um, is emissions reduction. So what's right. and what's that about? Emissions reduction is um, basically it's complementary to the first one mm-hmm. because um, right as I said, any combustion process. Um, by the nature of combustion, because you're dealing with high temperatures, mm-hmm. you're going to create NOx, you're going to create carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. Um, emissions reduction technologies are things that you put on after the fact. You've produced the NOx from the combustion process. Now you have to add something in at the tail end of your combustion process to mm-hmm. prevent that stuff from getting out into the atmosphere. Okay. And those are things like um, ammonia injection, where they mm. inject liquid ammonia into the uh, into the exhaust gas stream, and okay. the liquid ammonia reacts with it and uh, helps reduce the levels of the uh, of those harmful uh, emissions and other Not, things catalytic uh-huh. beds okay um, things like that so like the your catalytic converter in mm-hmm. your car is a perfect example if it wasn't cut off like um yeah th- you, those of you i don't know if you knew this but um those of you who know p80t know we've got these old priuses that are company cars that we use to drive around town and uh we had three catalytic converters stolen from them um last weekend so <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> yeah, that's a little off topic. Sorry, folks, but um, <laughs> I couldn't help but think about it when he said catalytic converter. Um, hopefully, uh, maybe maybe the answer is hopefully design them with less precious uh, material in them, so that and be more efficient with less platinum and other stuff, so that they aren't such a uh, theft uh, target. Yeah. Well, and the other problem is is that um, 
by the nature of the way they're designed, they're basically this uh, fine mesh or corrugated mm -hmm. material. And um, since you're flowing hot gases over them, over basically metal, mm -hmm. um, it uh, expands and contracts ah. as you go through that drive process. And mm -hmm. so over time, catalytic uh, systems weaken because of mm -hmm. those thermal stresses. Okay. And so uh, part of what ANSYS provides is the ability to um, run uh, an integrated analysis. So you run your CFD mm -hmm. to determine what the temperatures are in your catalytic uh, bed or device. Then you take that information, you feed it into a ANSYS mechanical and do a thermal analysis to determine how much the material grows or wants to grow due to the thermal changes. And then you take those uh, thermal growth numbers and then feed it into a stress calculation and determine how much stress you're doing. And you run that over and over again and do a cycle analysis to determine cool. what stress you're doing to the to the catalytic bed. Okay. Okay. I, did, I didn't think about that, but that's really important. That, that thermal stress fatigue is an important part of it. And then I assume that it does like the multi-species part in the CFD and turbulence. Right. I'm guessing... As usual, you you either don't want turbulence or do want turbulence. I don't know which, and you model yeah, that as well. you, you, yeah, you need to have turbulence because okay. I mean, obviously, all these all of these uh, all these processes are involved in passing the gases over a surface or mm -hmm. mixing uh, the ammonia okay. with it. So you've got a turbulent. Uh, Turbulent interaction, turbulent mixing. And so you have to have turbulence models Great. involved with it. Very cool. Okay. And so this will will help you not just optimize your process, and and it, it also um, helps you deal with the robustness of the system with this thermal issues, which is great. Right. Great know. So, yeah. it's, so it's taking into account not only that, but the life of the the product so you've got to be mm -hmm. concerned with how often you're going to have to replace these things cool very cool um excellent um what about um the next one which is you got me thinking about that now and and so i gotta change gears here <laughs> so, so these are all kind of related but exhaust uh gas quality control you know how is that different than the emissions reduction or controlling the combustion process and and then what do we do in ANSYS to to deal with that well exhaust gas quality control has more to do with um solid particulate matter ah okay so if you soot got stuff. soot or okay. anything else coming out of your mm -hmm. uh you know because this exhaust gas quality control is not just combustion processes now okay. Okay. It's anytime you've got a process where um, you've got uh, solid particles okay. in the flow. Okay. Um, so any kind of a, of a chemical processing mm -hmm. or other types of processes where you might have particulate matter being um, uh, created. Okay. And so then you need to be able to strip that out of it using things like uh, filters or 
electrostatic precipitation okay to okay. pull all that stuff out or using the aerodynamic process itself uh, via something like a cyclone so okay you're back to your dyson 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 cleaners yes I do I do remember with a little bit of the work I was doing mentoring in the clean tech space with startups in the clean tech space that there were that was quite a trendy thing to do for a while was cyclone design for for basically separating stuff. Right. Um, I, I mean I'll be honest, there were a few companies that were just putting cyclones in because cyclones were trendy. Right. They never could explain to me why it was in there. They would literally say, We don't know why it works and that was usually they didn't make it to the next level but um, yeah. <laughs> um so so the, i get that from a from a modeling standpoint of course you know ants very good at modeling that sort of thing uh with the particles in the flow etc cetera, etc cetera. um right. but the electrostatic caught my interest how, how do we model that so that is actually uh the electrostatic is actually a uh, uh combined okay modeling process because you're actually uh, you're actually having to do uh, couple it with a, a mm -hmm. electromagnetic okay. analysis because right. it's got to so calculate you, the force on the particles yeah right so you're calculating the i you know and ion effect to the particles uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, and you have a surface that's um, positively or negatively charged and you're attracting the particles to that right. okay. uh, to that surface and then you've got to deal with the fact that over time that electrostatic uh, precipitator will get a buildup on it so True. you've got to go through uh, how do you get that off once you've built it up and how does that reduce its efficiency over time and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically oh, okay. so yeah. you're you're dealing with um I mean, basically, this part of it, you're dealing, it's a multi-stage process. So you use a cyclone system to remove the larger particles. Okay. And then you use um, uh, bag filters to remove, you know, filtration systems to remove um, slightly smaller particles, ones that a cyclone wouldn't help mm -hmm. you extract just because they're such lightweight particles. Okay. And then finally, you get down to electrostatic precipitators, which are removing much smaller size particles that even a bag, even a filtration system wouldn't catch all of. Okay. And, and um, do you remember if it's Maxwell we're using to do the electrostatic part? Is that, or is it a plug in to the fluent code? I believe it's using Maxwell okay. to do the, to do the okay. electromagnetic. Okay. Okay. Get that field, and then, then it calculates the load on the particle. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, that's really interesting to me. Um, uh, what a, what a powerful way to do it, and and I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of inputs to balance, right? To right. It's, it's the flow. What's the flow rate? You know, what's that optimum position where you're getting the particles going through the field at just the right rate so they get pulled over to the side or the bottom or wherever it's going um, at a at a big enough rate? You know, and then right. yeah. how do you how do you predict when it's time to clean it as well? Yeah, right. And it's designing the the shape of the passages mm -hmm. to make sure that that you're optimizing the exposure to the electrostatic Static. precipitators mm -hmm. and making sure that your filtration systems are. Mm -hmm. um, Sufficient to catch the particles, but not so stringent that they block too it's much of the flow and low, cause too right. much pressure drop, which right. requires that you have mm -hmm. heavier pumps to push the flow through. So, 
So really a system balance. optimization. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cyclone up front too. So so when right. you've got these multi-stage solutions, it really comes in handy. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm instead of relating it to our stolen catalytic converters, I'm thinking of the last time that I, um, used my wood fire pizza oven. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> it does not have any of these capabilities. It's got a straight pipe coming out of the top and, um, right. I didn't move it far enough uh, underneath the patio and I got soot all over the bottom of my patio. So oh. covered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to put a cyclone and a filter bag and an electrostatic uh, device on the end of it, though. So for the yeah. three, three times a year, I pull it out of storage and use it. Um, <laughs> but uh, real world, real world there. And it, it, it yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting um, thing. And um, does this also play like we, you would you would probably use this on a coal fire plant as well, right? That would be the yes, larger yeah. application. Any, yeah, yeah, that would be the larger application okay. as the coal fire okay. plant. But fire like plant. I said, basically any combustion, mm-hmm. any process, mm-hmm. any chemical process where you have um, uh, an output to it that has particles in it, right? Um, it's you can use these tools to help uh, clean that flow. Um, and then, and then, you know, we've been talking mostly about uh, combustion and the results of combustion, so gases and the stuff in gases. But the last uh, bullet point was um, water treatment, right? Effluents, right? Um, which we, we can't forget. And um, we want to these days, you know, of course, we're here in Arizona, so retreating the water and reusing it is really important to us. Um, what, what, what what's going on in the area of, of water treatment and effluents quality? So effluence, effluence. I'm sorry, effluence. Effluence. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so basically, um, and this is this is modeling uh, any kind of. Uh, well, basically, there's three processes. You have uh, tanks where you you're uh, trying to separate out the larger particles, so mm-hmm. you need to run the flow through there at a low enough velocity so that the heavier particles will settle out to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, uh, reaction tanks where maybe mm-hmm. you mix in uh, either other chemicals to help react with the, uh, the garbage that's in the water, mm-hmm. or you bubble air through it to try and you know create a froth that okay. you can then scrape off and clean the water that way. Um, as well as any other kind of chemical reaction that you might need to do. So if you've got a bioreactor mm-hmm. and you need to model the mixing of the, the chemicals that you're putting into the mm-hmm. water to make sure you uh, adequately uh, treat all the water so you don't want to have any dead spots in your tanks, okay. things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm visualizing that... Um junior high probably field trip that everybody took to the local water treatment facility yes Um, (laughs) and and thinking about this we've actually we've actually done a little bit of work in this area here at padt with helping some local water treatment uh places uh settling tanks i think is the last one we did yes Um, it's it's quite quite interesting and 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 the surprise to me um was how it was not optimized It, it they basically just built them and they worked um and kind of hand calky, um, and optimizing them could really uh, increase their throughput. Was what Correct. we were finding. Yeah. Yes, and and the big thing with these systems is that uh, again the uh, 
the scale difference in the, mm-hmm. is I, yeah. I was surprised the first time I saw one of these things. It's quite massive when you're yeah. talking about <laughs> uh, a water tank that's, you know, 20, 30 mini- meters in diameter and, mm-hmm. you know, five, 10 feet deep. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these uh, little tiny pipes that are feeding the flow into it and mixing processes and you're dealing with transient problems and you're dealing with uh, mechanical issues as well mm-hmm. because a lot of these things have moving parts and they're quite large truss structures. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of different model places where modeling can mm-hmm can help them mm-hmm. gravity playing a much larger role than we're used yes. to. Yeah. yeah yes yeah. gravity oh. plays much in in these kinds of situations mm-hmm. you're dealing with uh, very slow flow rates mm-hmm. um and you're trying to actually slow the flow down enough so like i said the particles can settle out to the bottom of the tank mm-hmm. and then you've got to have scrubbers that's take the stuff and scrape it off the bottom of the tank right. and move it towards an outlet where they can be sucked out. Right. Right. Yeah. Complicated systems. Um, yes. I, I, I also remember getting a little bit into this. I don't know if it was, was covered in some of the examples, but also in the mining industry um, and, and other, um, you know, extraction processes or manufacturing processes that produce uh, affluent. And right. uh, when you treat it on site, uh, optimizing those systems became very important. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's also the process. It's also similar to other processes in the mining industry as well, mm-hmm. because very often there, um, you know, when you're treating ore, yeah, you're mixing chemicals into it to try and extract out the, the minerals <laughs> out of the, yeah. out of the ore, but you've got, you're trying mix. to, you're trying to get it to use it rather than get rid of it. Yes. <laughs> right. And you're trying to extract stuff out <laughs> yes. of it. And so there's, and this kind of modeling is applicable to that, that as well, industry as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were just having a discussion last night at a, at a tech council meeting about lithium extraction, um, which, which is becoming a, obviously a very important, um, uh, need out there to to increase the effectiveness and uh, efficiency of lithium extraction. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, well, this it, got my head really thinking about a lot of different things, um, and um, you know, I think the 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 strong message is you know that fluent along with CFX and and some of the um, companion products like Chemkin and the other physics products like mechanical or um, even Maxwell, which I wasn't expecting, right. um, can can play an important role in in hooking them together properly and setting up these these uh, runs. Um, you could really these are big numbers that that people are getting out of these tools. It sounds like right, yeah. And it's you know again it's becoming it's becoming increasingly mm-hmm. a requirement now mm-hmm. that you have to do this. It's right. no longer, it's no longer an option where gee, it would be nice to be green. Yes. But the yeah, government, the government is requiring that they yes. do it. If you don't do it, they're going to shut you down yeah. or it's going to, you know, your, your cost benefit analysis right. is going to say the fines involved in not doing it, make it worthwhile to do it. Or if you, you're in a, a country with carbon trading, um, right. Yeah. Car- carbon. What is a carbon credit? I think trading carbon credits. Yeah. 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 So this, this is real money. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, 
the, the only process we didn't really talk about any of this treatment uh, on the effluent side is is evaporation and and um, distillation. Is that something that you covered, or is that kind of considered separate? That's um, that's separate. I mean, it's it's something you can do with the codes because um, fluent has multi-phase capabilities. Mm-hmm. So if there are if there are issues that you're trying to model where uh, you've got uh, whatever steam or mm-hmm. whatever kinds of chemical mm-hmm. byproducts that are coming yeah. out of it in terms of gases, mm-hmm. that can be modeled. If you know the chemical reactions mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. um, and you know the the chemical rates and you know the rates of reaction and things like that, you can include it in the fluent analysis. So. Yeah, and 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 yeah, because because um, some of our uh, we've we've seen that in semiconductors. Sometimes uh, some of the semiconductor processes create water that can only the the only way to get the highly toxic chemicals out of the water is is through distillation. So correct. Um, and you know, what's basically pull the water out rather than the stuff out. Right. Um, yeah. 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 You either have to do a distillation process or you have to add some kind of a mm-hmm. chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. The pulls it out, precipitate you know. it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all modelable like, as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, any kind of a salt creation reaction right. you can do right. in fluent. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so it's probably in there. And then, and then I think the last point that that I wanted to make. Um, again, you know, unfortunately, as I get older, I have these. Well, back in the day, um, <laughs> back in the day, we looked at these problems and went, "Nope, don't yeah. have your power." Um, yeah, technically, we could model this, but you know, it's better to build a test. I think what's changed is HPC. So right. the ability to model these multi-physics, multi-phase, um, multi-species uh, simulations. Uh, right. Now now with massively parallel, compute power being much larger, these are cost-effective simulations now. You can, you can, you can uh, actually do it faster and get better results than test in a practical way without, you know, being a national lab with, with right. a supercomputer. Yeah, yeah with, with a whole array, whole, <laughs> yeah. whole room full of Cray computers. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No longer required. Yeah. No longer required to do Cray's. Yeah, I, I think back to my days when I first started doing this and, and we had a Cray that mm-hmm. would do the analysis and I... I it amazes me when I realized that that Cray only had like two gigabytes of memory. Right, right. And that yeah. was a huge computer. That was a massive system. But nowadays, the hundreds of gigabytes is not. And we were modeling, you know, uh, a system that had a million cells. Oh wow! And that was a big. And that was a big model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now with. On my desktop, I can model something with, you know, 30 million cells without a problem. Right. Without a problem. And and if you do need that surge capacity, you know, we're seeing cloud more and more. Uh, I know that that some of our customers, some of our larger enterprise customers here at PADT, are using cloud solutions uh, for HPC on their combustion modeling to get their right. emissions down um, and and doing these optimization studies and, and modeling the, the modeling quite a bit more than they used to um right. getting getting close with the 1d tool 0d tool 1d tool and then some sector models and then really optimizing on the full 
full combustion model. So right, um, and and the other big thing is just that the the scalability of the codes has gotten yeah. a lot better. Yeah. I mean, it used to be that it used to be that you know uh, thirty cores mm-hmm. was kind of you know sixty cores. You started getting a drop off in the, right. the performance. Now I think the the benchmark for fluent is something in the order of you know tens of thousands of wow. cores wow and Th- those guys still at the government linear, labs yeah it's still linear. yeah <laughs> it's and it's still a linear thing where adding more cores in mm-hmm. is a linear exchange in terms of the speed of the of the solution process so it's the speed of communication the um, efficiency of the parallelization of the codes um, it's all They've done a lot of work and it's all improved. So, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, we could talk about that forever. But you know, I think the the big takeaway is um, you know what's changed over the years is multi multi species um, uh, chemical integrating chemical capabilities right. into the codes, um, right. as well as um, the multi physics, which is becoming more right. and more important. Because these are right. inherently multiple physics problems, and right. then and then yes, we can actually run it because of the improvements on performance and HPC. So, um, right. it, it's it's um, definitely hopefully you're you're you you're thinking about doing this or things, and you know don't don't uh, hesitate to reach out if you want to learn more about stepping into some of these more complicated and bigger analyses and, and it, um, or understand what that maybe, maybe you're just thinking about it and want to understand what the payback on that is. What, what kind of numbers, and we talked about a few numbers that we can get, you know, up to 50, what was it? 50% reduction in carbon emissions. Was it? On right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is not, um, getting 2% fuel efficiency increasement increase, which is still worthwhile doing. Um, these are some big numbers. So, um, if you need help, understanding that reach out to us um and or however you get your answers from um i think is there anything else you want tom you want to share with the audience before we uh, wrap up no i think we pretty much covered everything yeah. i mean i just the the ability of the codes to handle mm-hmm. as you said multi-species multi-reactions mm-hmm. um particulate matter the one thing we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. um is uh, uh the rocky tool which oh, is good a, point. Yeah, another recent yeah. addition yeah. Um, to uh, the ANSYS suite of tools. And Rocky is basically a modeling tool for modeling um, large particulate matter and mm-hmm. breakage processes. So if you're dealing with um, breaking up those large particles into smaller ones or okay. any kind of a process where you're uh, mixing uh, – a fluid and a large number of particles. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky is very capable of doing that kind of work. Okay, okay, because it, it it's discrete particle modeling, right? And right, so, it's an it's yeah. a discrete particle modeling, mm-hmm. but it handles not just the it handles the interaction of the particles with other okay. particles mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. better than uh, mm-hmm. fluent does by itself. Excellent. 
Excellent. I'm so glad you brought that up. I I always forget about that, and it's a it's a really cool tool as well. And I'm and and my experience is um, we could probably mention a few tools in LS Dyna as well because they always seem yes. to have a module that can be applicable uh, for something that you need to do um, uh, that that may be particle related, maybe fluid related, maybe multi physics related, um, uh, but highly transient. And, uh, yes, LS Dyna yeah. does have those capabilities as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. So full full spectrum there, which is really cool. Yep. Um, and and let's not forget our newest uh, well, not newest acquisition, but recent acquisition of Zmax. If you want to measure the particle particulate in the uh, gas, uh, modeling your sensor um, lens assembly um, is probably something you can do with Zmax. Which I'll, we'll cover that some other time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Tom. I really appreciate it. Uh, fascinating topic um, from both a physics standpoint and a uh, making the world a better place standpoint. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. And yep. um, we will hopefully talk soon about something else cool. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So as you can see by listening in, I need to work on expanding my mind a bit on where and how simulation can play a role in this very vital area of engineering. It's not just about turbine engine combustion. I'm showing my, my background there. Uh, it seems like some big improvements are possible by combining multiple physics and species with various kinds of chemistry and high-performance computing to help get to the bottom line of the challenges that we're all facing. And they're going to get uh, more challenging as time goes by. So please do go to brighttalk.com to watch uh, Tom's talk on this and see some pictures, uh, a little bit more detail on some things. That's our webinar on brighttalk.com. Just search for PADT. And as always, just feel free to reach out um, to us or whoever you get your answers from to try and understand how you can use this varied set of tools to uh, lower emissions and uh, improve efficiency and all that kind of stuff we talked about. So for today's commercial, let's talk about Flonex. Tom just went through all the things ANSYS software can do, but we didn't really talk about the system level thermal fluid tool that partners with ANSYS called Flonex. If you need to model a system, maybe using the detailed simulation results we talked about or co-simulation for components or subsystems, um, and, then, and then look at the entire system as a whole uh, in transient form, Flonex is your tool. If you are moving any type of fluids through something, Flonex is the tool for you. We're seeing it used by our customers in turbo machinery to optimize combustion and improve secondary flow. They can do very quick what-if studies and get their combustion uh, temperatures and chemistry and mixing uh, better before they do a full fluids simulation. Uh, also, various renewable energy systems that we work with are using to model and optimize their complex systems. Um, and you can integrate your control software, your control algorithms, right into the simulation so you can do a lot of what-if there. We didn't really talk about using software to improve the efficiency of these processes as well. And you can model that using Flonex. It's an amazingly powerful and easy-to-use system simulation tool that is the perfect complement to the ANSYS toolset. In fact, that's why PADT uses it for our consulting and sells it across North America. You can go to www.padtinc.com slash Flonex to learn a bit more or reach out to us at products at padtinc.com and one of our engineers can look at your needs and see how Flonex can help. And yes, we do have academic and startup programs for Flonex users. So please do reach out. Let us help you understand how this tool is a perfect complement and uh, make your uh, simulation even better. 
taking a shift over the news. Um, Ansys stock is sitting at $279.98 on Monday evening. That's May 2nd when I'm recording this. Uh, that's down under, just under 16%. I think it's 15.9% year to date. So not so great. The S&P 500 is down 77 year to date. Now, if you saw the headlines, but these were the worst four months since the depression, I think, uh, for the stock market. So um, tech stocks especially got hit hard. And uh, yeah, well, Ansys is in there. So uh, we'll see how it goes over the long run here. I'm not going to dig in anymore. Uh, Ansys is doing their Q1 number release on Wednesday of this week, uh, the 4th, May 4th. And then, of course, they'll do their conference call. And we will be covering that in the next episode of this podcast so you can learn more. Um, the only ANSYS news I want to share is that ANSYS won a Gold Stevie Award. If you remember correctly, uh, if you've been listening for a while, PDT won a Silver Stevie for our technical support team a couple years ago. Um, and ANSYS has won a couple. And this latest Gold Award, which is for you know outstanding service in the larger companies, um, they won for actually Simulation World 2021 event. So they won it for how good the event was. And it, and it was a really good event. Um, want to know why? <laughs> well, the best way is to go to simulationworld.com and sign up for the 2022 event. It's coming up this month on May 18th. Highly recommend it. Um, lots of good, useful information about how to use simulation um, to make your products better. So it's not the technical deep dive into which key ops to use on an element or which turbulence model parameters to tweak. It's really about um, how to how to use uh, simulation more effectively in your organization. So it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. Nothing else uh, because they're doing the Q1 numbers. Of course, they're not going to really talk about anything. Um, and then in PT news, we don't have anything to share, but I, I don't have an excuse of releasing our Q1 numbers to Wall Street. Um, we're just really, really busy um, and haven't had time to sit down and really think about what's new and news in our world. Um, just uh, things are going really well and customers are really happy. And um, hopefully we'll continue to just keep pressing forward and growing and, and doing great stuff. Um, I will point out at this point that we still do have some job openings. We filled quite a few, but we've got a few left over both in the sales and technical support and engineering side. So if you're interested in either of those or know somebody that is, please do go to our website and check out the careers page. We go to about and then careers. You can find it. Um, what else? So the next thing to talk about is the ANSYS blog. Um, only really found two things to really mention in this one. Um, there was some stuff that, I don't know, just didn't hit my fancy. You can check it out and see if there's something that you're excited about. But uh, the one I wanted to point out is called, my, uh, is called Selecting the Right Battery for Your Application, Part 1, Important Battery Metrics. So if you're looking to put batteries into your device, car, vehicle, flying, whatever, uh, submarine, um, how do you size those batteries? Batteries. And um, it's a really good introduction to that. Uh, it talks about balancing, of course, energy and power and finding that sweet spot using ANSYS tools. This is part one on battery metrics. So there's more to come on how to select the right battery for your application. Really excited about it. This is pretty useful stuff. Um, that, and we're all putting batteries and stuff. So it's, it's useful. Uh, and then my second one is not really a blog post, but their podcast, uh, Hover Cars and Hard Problems. The latest episode is called, What Does the Future of Autonomous Cars Look Like? And they talk to some folks that are setting, creating, uh, defining the future of uh, autonomous vehicles. And uh, it's, a great, it's a great podcast. Definitely check it out. Um, don't stop listening to our podcast, but do add the Hover Cars and Hard Problems into your subscription rotation so you can learn all sorts of cool things. Um, they, they have some great customers stories on that podcast and it's entertaining as heck 
to talk about ANSYS, as we know here. Um, and that's that's all I have for, for blog articles on the PDT side. Um, we've got uh, uh, the latest is a art. We got two kind of Flonex ANSYS related things. Um, the blog post from our very own Miles Adkins that is on Flonex 2022. And then also in our blog, uh, and you can find it on YouTube as well, we have a link to a seminar we did, a webinar we did with a company called ADT. Um, they, they write software, they're an ANSYS partner that does software for Tobin machinery design and simulation. And so we partnered with them to talk about Flonex, the ADT Turbo Design Suite, and of course the ANSYS tool set and how to use those to design better propulsion systems in less time and with greater accuracy. So it's a really practical look at how you can combine these tools together to get things done quickly. It's a, it's a great way to look at all three tools in a compact uh, way. So do check that out. Again, that's in our blog, or you can go to YouTube and look for PDTINC as our channel and find it there. I only got one event after being a really busy April. Uh, this month is looking pretty pretty um, mellow, which I'm very happy about. We've got a webinar called Mechanical Meshing Updates in ANSYS 2022 R1, which is going to be this Wednesday, the 4th. So do check that out on brighttalk.com or go to our website and see it on the events page. And that's it. Um, the, the I already talked about Simulation World, which is coming up as well. Definitely uh, register for that. Um, a few other local events here in, in Phoenix, uh, but none of them are really simulation related. I'm going to be at the cybersecurity conference and uh, some other stuff uh, coming up, but uh, probably none of you are going to be at that. So we'll just skip over that stuff. Um, and uh, I do want to point out that uh, my partner, Ray Chu, who's the true expert on three, all things 3D printing, uh, will be at the Rapid TCT show coming up, as will our spin out Oryx Additive. So, and there'll be other ANSYS people there, or PDT people there, and ANSYS will be there as well. So if you're interested in using the ANSYS tools to model simulate simulation tools to model 3D printing, or you want to learn more about our post-processing from Oryx Additive, uh, for this is this is part post-processing, not result post-processing. Um, do do stop by um, either the ANSYS booth. Uh, we may have a couple folks in there as well, and um, at the Oryx booth. Those will be the two places that PAD people will be hanging out when they're not wandering around. So keep your eyes if you're going to Rapid TCT, keep your eyes open for somebody in a PAD t-shirt we'll have a few people there so that's it um don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at padtinc.com slash opt in and do spread the word subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and as always don't hesitate to reach out thank you for joining us for the all things answers podcast episode 110 as a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc. and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.